Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by weightlifting coach Patrick Costello. Patrick and I had a great conversation around what he does with his programming and his athletes in order to make them better athletes, but also address the longevity of how long their lifting career can last. Whether you are a weightlifter, a crossfitter, or an obstacle course racer, I think you can get some really good information out of this and how to be a better, stronger athlete and a more resilient athlete. So let's tune in. Patrick, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Definitely excited to, to chat about a little fitness today. Awesome. I love it. So you are more involved in the weightlifting community rather than the CrossFit community, but we know they're so intermingled, intertwined. Right. Even in the OCR world, there are work, there actually are some OCR races that have the barbell in them. So I think it's really good to get you on here and really talk about weightlifting in general with the barbell use and what we can do to essentially minimize our risk of injury. Because so many sure. people are, one, injured with the barbell when they don't need to be, and two, are mm -hmm. scared of the barbell. Right. Yeah, I think uh, scared of it is is the thing we most deal with because um, I think there's just a, a not a negative connotation associated with it, but um, you know it's just it's seen as very dangerous, which seemingly it is uh, when done in, improperly. Um, but you know, under the right context, it's I think it's you know one of the best exercises you can do, type of exercises you can do. Yeah, definitely. So let's kind of get first. Give us your background a little bit. How did you get sure. involved with weightlifting? So I started, uh, well, I'll go back uh, to my uh, athletic career, I guess, I was career tennis and soccer player. Uh, I was a keeper for uh, probably close to 10 years and played tennis since the age of six. I uh, went to college, uh, stopped playing all those sports, gained a whole bunch of weight uh, because I had an unlimited meal plan and, you know, it was... <laughs> you know, off on my own and access to unlimited amounts of food and, and stopped exercising. So I gained a lot of weight. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years later, uh, a friend of mine got me to join CrossFit. Um, this was probably 2008 era, somewhere 2008, 2009. Um, and I was like, oh, this, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life. This is going to be easy. Uh, and it destroyed me. Um, and it was, it was a great workout. Like it was, it was amazing. So I joined as a CrossFit client, um, lost about 40 or so pounds over a period of like eight to 10 months. Um, and then a weightlifting seminar came to our gym uh, with the international coach at the time and his uh, national champion, a 94 kilo lifter. Uh, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I just switched cold turkey from CrossFit to weightlifting, uh, started weightlifting primarily myself. Um, and then after that point, you know, people see you doing it on your own in the gym. Like it wasn't really popular and we were, I was inside of a CrossFit gym. And so no, everyone was doing primarily CrossFit and myself and another were doing primarily weightlifting. And then so people started asking us questions, you know, like, hey, what did, you know, that looked kind of good. Like, uh, you know, uh, how can I fix this? How can I do that? What do you know about this? And then that kind of progressed into picking up coaching and, you know, doing various certifications and uh, learning as I go. And now here we are uh, about 12 years later, 11 years later. Um, I've been coaching primarily weightlifting for just over 10 years now. So. That's where I started. I started with CrossFit. Um, and like you said, the communities are very intertwined. Um, our programs are within CrossFit gyms uh, to this day here in Tampa. We, we operate out of two gyms here in, Tampa, in the Tampa Bay area. 
Um, though our, our programs focus primarily on the development of weightlifting, we still work with a fair amount of CrossFitters too. So yeah, it's kind of my, my short story. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk. I know like s- programming between weightlifting coaches can vary significantly. And I love what you're doing on your side of programming just because you are a little more focused on kind of fine tuning things in the form Mm -hmm. of like how you're warming up, how you're progressing people in order to decrease the risk of injury as much as possible. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, What you're doing, I guess to narrow it down first, like let's look at the warm up and cool down because these parts are a lot of times forgotten in as far as when it comes to necessity of a good workout. Right, exactly. Um, and, and I do, uh, so we use a, a training platform, like a, uh, it's called Train Heroic. It's an app, uh, an app that delivers training programs to basically any smartphone, um, which in this era, it's very easy to, you know, get in front of people via that, that method. But um, it lets you basically build out your entire training program. It has demo videos, you know, sets and reps, all that stuff. But we do input into every training day, you know, a specific type of warm up uh, for that day um, and a kind of generic cool down. And, you know, as we, as we see stuff happening, maybe we'll suggest stuff in the gym, um, which is the advantage of us being there in person. Um, but yeah, the warm up, especially prep, I mean, it comes down to prep uh, that will, and that I think makes or breaks a session um, and, and just long-term results in general. Um, so we do a lot of um, like shoulder preparation, like banded work, um, some like movements, like crawling around, doing some balancing, um, and, and especially lower body stuff too, when it comes to the balance. Um, but I, I think for, for a barbell sport, since we use, uh, it's, it's primarily bilaterals and, you know, so we're using both hands and both feet at the same time. It's, 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 you know, rare that we kind of in training with these movements are able to isolate one leg at a time. So that's, that's kind of what we focus on as, as part of warm up. Um, kind of hitting some of those smaller stabilizer muscles and stuff like that. Um, because those little things are what, uh, you know, where the nagging injuries kind of come from or tendonitis or, Ooh, Hey, that was kind of uncomfortable. And if it's ignored, then it becomes something, you know, tremendous that, you know, can end someone's mental career basically in, in weightlifting. Um, and, and what that means is like, if, if a little thing can hold you back from training, then it's like, why am I doing this? Why do I come to the gym? Why do I even try to snatch up my shoulder? I know it's going to hurt or whatever, you know, insert body part here hurts. Um, so we try to, we try to hit it with the prep and the cool down, uh, whether or not everyone does it is a totally different story. Um, we do try to kind of be annoying about it, you know, because long-term it comes down to, you know, will this person stay within the sport or will they, kind of like hate it because their knee or shoulder or hip or whatever is is a constant nagging thing so yeah we place place a lot of emphasis in the prep the cool down and especially technique work um so i love that you guys hit the stabilizing muscles because it's an area that is so missed with a lot of coaches with a lot of athletes and just don't understand the like that they need to get those deeper muscles activated, warmed up first and how integral that is to our controlled movements. Sure. And, and keep them strong uh, and, and physically able to, to support it. It's sport to join. I mean, um, you know, it's like, 
I always say everyone wants strong legs. They want to squat a lot. Everyone wants strong like jerk or press position and hold a lot of weight over their head. But it's like a lot of that other stuff gets forgotten, kind of like joint stabilizers, midline work. So we're talking about abs and, and core stability and stuff like that. I'm like, that's what connects your upper and lower body. So if you do all these legs and all these shoulder work, I mean, still now your back is susceptible, you know, to kind of pain or injury too, because like abs aren't doing ab work or stabilizing stuff isn't really sexy in terms of like training fun, you know, but uh, it keeps us healthy and keeps us going, keeps the longevity going. Absolutely. Those stabilizer muscles in all of our joints are the ones that essentially, you know, decrease our risk of injury because once those are weak, we're done. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Physically and mentally. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So true. Yeah. When we're talking midline work for your weightlifters, I know we're not talking just like doing sit-ups, doing crunches, doing all that. What type of midline work are you doing? Sure. Um, so a lot of uh, isometric stuff, like various types of planking. Because, um, I mean, if you if you think about an Olympic lift, basically we're, we're holding weight overhead. I, the, the lift starts from the ground and ends overhead. And you have to support it there in competition until a judge like literally tells you to put it down. Um, so you're essentially holding a plank kind of with weight over your head. Um, so we do a lot of isometrics, a lot of uh, rotational stuff. Um, Cause I mean, it, in the lift itself, like it, it, it's very repetitive the, the way you look at it. Um, single plane, basically we're doing the same thing over and over. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we, we rarely twist or, or do any kind of, uh, outside movement other than straighten up and bend over um which that's super important but also kind of hitting all the rotation and and all axes i guess if you want to call it that of of what your spine actually does you know instead of just up and down yeah i like that you hit that because so much of what we do in crossfit weightlifting is that straight plane and so Mm -hmm. we just a lot of people just don't train those different rotational movements that we truly need to function in daily life. Sure. Yeah. So I guess specific exercises could be like, uh, I, I call them windshield wipers where you're either on the ground holding a barbell and you rotate your, your feet side to side in the air or hanging from a bar. You can do that. Um, cherry pickers, uh, or Russian twists. Uh, we do a lot of twisting on the GHD machine, um, kind of holding parallel and, you know, hands on your, on your ears and, turn side to side, then sit up. Um, but just various, you know, uh, I guess types of exercises like that. Awesome. The name of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you do when it comes to balance work? And, and also why is balance work so important when it comes to weightlifting being that we are on two feet yep. at all times, or we're like in the air slightly on our toes, whatever. But yep. why is that balance such an integral part? Um, for, for me, I think of it as, uh, kind of keeping aligned essentially. So, um, yes, we use two feet and we have to be strong on two feet. Um, but working independently is also very crucial too. So, um, think in terms of like, um, single leg RDLs or we do a lot of step ups, uh, I call them step downs cause we do them at tempo from the top of the box and then kind of release down for three seconds and then push up. Um, and tempo work for me is, is, is pretty regular, I would say, uh, depending on the phase of our training, uh, we kind of get rid of it near competition, but, um, for the most part, we do a lot of tempo work just because it forces that balance. And 
you know, I kind of point the lifters lines to uh, safe step ups for, for instance, um, kind of pinpoint your attention to what your foot is doing. Um, so when we talk in terms of like balance, uh, quote unquote, in, in the lift where it's like, you know, too far on the toes, too far on the heels or midfoot, I like to like create uh, an athlete's mindset around the entire portion of the bottom of the foot. Um, just so it's like, you know, they can feel if they're coming inside or pronating to the inside of the foot too much or, or supinating to the outside or going forward and back, uh, you know, toes or heels, and just kind of pointing dead center of the foot and that will target the, the entire kind of balance point. Um, and doing it at tempo kind of forces you to also, you know, balance through the full range rather than um, taking something that's super explosive and wow, it happened in less than a second, but you know, what happened in between? Are we avoiding something? Are we shifting away from something that uh, could potentially give us more kilos later or more stability or better positioning? Um, you know, it all comes down to that too. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of tempo work, single leg uh, stuff and, and, and arms too. Like we do a lot of overhead with dumbbells, kettlebells, um, crossover symmetry. If you're familiar mm. with those bands, um, that's, that's a crucial part of the warm up process too. Um, but yeah, kind of once we get through our, our meat and potatoes, I call it of, of the training session with this, which is our main lift and kind of ancillary strength work, then it, uh, starts a whole new accessory block, which is primarily like, you know, they see it as bodybuilding, which is what I call it. Um, but it's, it's, you know, single arm, single leg accessory work basically. And, you know, it, it ranges anywhere from sets of five to sets of 15, depending on, you know, what, what we're trying to get out of it. Um, but usually keep the tempo to like lower controlled sets, like sets of three to five, um, and go anywhere from like three second negatives to five second negatives, just to really force that balance. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Let's get a little bit into, cause I know you do some conditioning work with mm -hmm. your lifters as well, which once again is something that. I don't think a lot of weightlifting coaches really focus on. It's like, you're only doing one lift at a time. So let's right. not do a whole lot of that, but what does your <laughs> conditioning consist of and why do you find it so important? Right. Um, so we do some GPP general, uh, physical preparedness. Like, uh, we've pushed sleds in the past. Um, sometimes like for fun, we'll send, um, some round or EMOM work or something like that, or, you know, have a fun little CrossFit, uh, style. Uh, workout at the end or in place of um, but most of the conditioning is kind of uh, I, I call them complexes so multi multi lift uh, basically complexes so for instance if it was a snatch day we do something like uh, snatch plus hang snatch plus overhead squat uh, for a triple so we're talking nine repetitions total at a lower percentage like somewhere in the 50 to 65 percent range something like that uh, but that way, it's kind of like, <clears throat> for me, it's it's testing the technique under duress for one, um, but also kind of gaining, um, we'll call it general conditioning in, in terms of the lifting, right? Um, which I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, about, you know, coaching varying and like programming methodology varying. And, and uh, yes, we only do one lift at a time. And there are people who train like that, who are, it's only, you know, work up to a heavy single. And then that's all like maybe do five repetitions in an entire training session period. Um, which to me is, is kind of, be careful what I say here. Um, 
it's hard to get the technical development when you're only doing a, a limited amount of repetitions. Um, so for me, the more we can fit in um, reasonably and safely um, and still get a positive return out of it, um, the better off we will be in terms of repeating or um, you know, duplicating what we're, what we're striving so hard to create, which is um, you know, technical mastery. Um, so when it comes down to conditioning, it's, it's primarily, like I said, we're primarily focused around the Olympic lifts. Um, but there are periods of time, like maybe we have a long stretch between, um, competitions where it's like, Hey, let's do some, like I said, some actual workout, you know, um, conditioning workouts like EMOMs, um, you know, five rounds of this, um, repeats, stuff like that. Um, I, I will admit though, we rarely do any running whatsoever <laughs> like I, I i do put like airdyne work or rowing or like low we'll call it low impact type of stuff um just because i i'm i personally am not a fan of running myself so <laughs> where we can get the actual heart uh conditioning is bicycling uh airdyne and rowing which i think is you know uh i don't know i still see it as monotonous but it's very necessary very necessary it's funny you say that I was just talking to someone maybe two weeks ago that she does CrossFit she switched primarily to Olympic lifting okay maybe two years ago and I was talking to her she's like yeah I just hate running so it's pretty much like <laughs> that's like a common theme all the way across <laughs> I, I, like we've seen it for years and I'm like hey I agree <laughs> <laughs> but you have to train your heart you have to you absolutely have to yeah I will say the way the Olympic lifting class that I go to that our coach has is very, sounds very similar to yours as far as it is the complexes to really work sure. on the technique, work on like making sure you know how to safely lower that barbell to the ground and cycle it. And mm -hmm. I, for me, it's made me a better lifter overall. Sure. Yeah. And, and if you think about, uh, take the example I gave earlier, the snatch plus hang snatch plus overhead squat times three, um, if you look at that and you're like, oh man, I remember those complexes from six weeks ago and now we're only doing doubles like, oh man, this is so much easier, you know? So you kind of look at those lower repetition sets or like coming into a, a competition prep where it's like singles at like 80, 85, 90%. You're like, oh, I only have to do one, man, this is going to be a breeze. <laughs> right. So it's kind of, kind of mental conditioning too. And I know I've, I've, I've referenced that a couple of times already, but yeah, uh, weightlifting is kind of, uh very daunting mentally especially once you get into it at a higher level and you start to improve more and it's like I always say the more you improve the more there is to improve kind of thing because it's it's like never ending it's a never-ending process which is amazing I think it's I think it's very cool which is why I was drawn to it in the first place yeah there's just there's so much technique to it that there is always something to improve on regardless of if it's your clean and jerk or your snatch for sure mm-hmm mm -hmm. I want to get into the mindset side of it a little bit. Sure. We all deal with the, we miss a lift that maybe we should have hit. Maybe it's a PR attempt, whatever. And right. we get into our head because we keep missing and keep missing it. And then it just becomes this whole mental aspect rather than actual physical aspect. What do you do with your athletes to help them overcome that? For sure. Um, so I, I'm glad you said the word should because that's that's one of my uh, training topics with everybody is 
Uh, and and it's, it's something that's in our mind always because it's, we know what our one rep max is. We know what our percentages are, you know, typically. Um, so we, if we go into a session and it's like, oh yeah, 70s for 70% for doubles and we're missing, like you said, it's like, man, I should be able to make this. I should be able to hit, you know, 70 kilos out of a hundred or whatever. Um, and, and that word should is kind of the, um, <laughs> is a great and can be a very destructive word too um, because it, it gets you into this mindset that I'm not adequate right either right now or period or, or whatever. And, and most weightlifters will think of it not in terms of just the session, but overall it's like, Oh, I missed 70%. I'm, I'm totally finished. And I, I suck so bad at this, um, which is, you know, for, for someone who's like after this as a sport and, um, you know, it's, it's very, very challenging mentally. Um, but in, in terms of like the word should, it's like, I, I, I tend to look at it like daily that, and I, and I try to remind people that there's way more that influences your training than the three by three in your, in your training program right now, or the five sets of five or whatever it is for this day. Like, um, the, the beauty of, of the app we use is when you start a session, it asks you these kind of biofeedback questions. It's like, rate your sleep one through five, rate your stress level one through five, soreness. Um, and there's two more. I can't, I can't remember what it is, but it gives you a readiness score on the day. Um, so based on what you answer on those five questions, it gives you a, a readiness out of five. So now we can actually track that data um, and say, hey, well, your readiness today was a 1.8. You know, maybe we need to back it down rather than, you know, our view as a coach externally from the athlete that says, go down. Well, why? I'm, I feel okay, but I, and I should be making this. Um, I, but now it's kind of like, it's a little bit more data that we can say, hey, your readiness was a 1.8 today. Like you're, you're moving a little slower or maybe today's just not the day. You had a test last night or you just took your MCATs or, or whatever. Um, you know, all those things add up to how you are performing at this moment, not just this moment in itself. Um, and, and we have these talks quite regularly, um, uh, you know, coaching, mental coaching, life coaching, uh, coaching is like all inclusive, um, at least the way we see it. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, especially now we have our state championships of weightlifting coming up this weekend. Um, so we have, uh, 14 competitors who are going, um, and it's kind of not now is the time like last week and the week before three weeks out or so where it's like reminders of those things where it's you know this is the culmination of your training like if you don't feel great right now we have four weeks left you know it matters over there on the stage you know a weekend of july 22nd or whatever uh not right now on july 10th <laughs> so we still have some prep time um you know we'll, we'll make what we can make today and it's all about doing what you can with what you're dealt that day of training um, and, and if you have to go down, then we go down. And conversely, if you're feeling great and the stars align and for whatever reason that day you're feeling amazing, we'll go up, you know, and it's just, we strike when the iron's hot and we back down when it's appropriate to back down. So it kind of goes both ways. Uh, athletes love to go up when they feel good. You know, it's like the first thing in their mind is like, man, I feel great today. Um, you know, today's going to be a great day. And then when it starts feeling bad, it's like, man, I should be making this um, do I really have to go down? Like I can't, you know, I can't stomach the fact of taking five kilos off or going down 10 and just doing sets of two instead of sets of three or four. Like it says, it's like, no, it's, it's a template for a reason. 
like we do our best to prepare weeks in advance and stuff like that. Um, but we have to change on the day when it's hot or when it's cold. Um, and you know, reminding that, reminding athletes of that acceptance is, is a huge part of what we do too. Cause yeah, like I said, it's, it's very exhausting physically, uh, which then takes a mental toll on us as well when we're, you know, placing not only pressure on ourselves, but, you know, trying to get better and improve and do all that stuff over time that we love. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad you, you know, went into that, how you did is especially how you ended that being that it's a template to work off of. Right. Um, there's so many athletes that I talk with in all realms. That's like, well, this is what my training schedule says. It's like, well, but where's your stress? Where's your sleep? What's going on right. with your family life? Like, how's your body feel? Yeah. There's so many things that play into it. That's like, yes, that is what the schedule says, but what's going on at this moment and how can you perform? Yeah. And, and most, most frame it in the fact that we're or in the light where it's like, you know, we see you for maybe two hours a day and there's 22 hours elsewhere that could, you know, all those decisions you make impact what happens in this gym too, you know, and it's not, you know, we're, we're at this point, you know, most of we don't have any professional athletes uh, per se. Uh, we have, you know, competitors at varying levels, but I mean, at, at, at the root of it, it's, it's doing something you love for fun. Um, and unless you're getting paid by a government entity to do this stuff, um, like some of the really, really high level competitors, uh, like it's their job to recover. It's their job to, to perform and, and create all these metrics and win medals and do all this stuff. And like, it's, it's literally the only thing they do. Um, whereas, you know, you have someone who is a doctor or, you know, a salesman who's been driving in their car all day, you know, calling on customers, um, who's, you know, hip flexors have been tightening up for eight hours or whatever, you know, and it's just, there's all these other factors and, and work and school. And like you said, family life, personal relationships, uh, you know, all this stuff that just, I mean, they, they, they beat at us too. Not just, not just our, training, our actual sets and reps training, you know? So yeah, we try to, we try to remind people of that, uh, as, as friendly as possible. Um, and just be, you know, like, Hey, I know you're trying to improve. We as coaches are not here to make you worse. I, I promise you that much, you know, so, um, but we're here to remind you that it's, you know, please have fun at the very root of it. And if you're having fun, then the improvement comes, uh, just inherently usually. So. Yeah. Awesome. Let's go into the self-care maintenance side of things a little bit. What? So you do a great job with your program as far as warm up, cool down, isolation work, um, making sure people are, you know, ready for the day. Mm -hmm. Now let's get kind of get into the, all right, that's done. What do we need to do to take care of ourselves so we can show up at every training session as strong sure. as possible? Um, sure. So uh, flexibility, mobility training is, is huge. So um, I have at the end of every block is a, a 20 minute video that, uh, we like we we have a whole library of our own uh, demonstration videos and stuff like that, which we input into our training uh, for for demo videos. But we have one that's like a I think it's 15, 17 minutes long of um, generic stretching routine for the hips, uh, the upper body, um, just as a guide. Um, what we do, uh, anything like outside of that, I mean, we we give generic guides of stretching, mobility. Uh, foam rolling applications, um, 
you know, any kind of like tennis ball or lacrosse ball work that they may, people may need. Um, uh, and at one point we had a PDF that I created um, that was kind of categorized by chapter and each chapter was like a different section of the body. Um, it was like, here, perform these exercises or go to chapter two if you're experiencing ankle pain or uh, go to chapter four if you need to, you know, work on your calves or, or you know, insert kind of region of the body here. I mean, it had these kind of like, you know, like we talked about templates, templated protocol for uh, shoulder care, upper back uh, and that kind of stuff. So we kind of like push people to that if they need it further. Um, my assistant coach, um, is a licensed massage therapist, uh, and has, he's part of the clinical athlete network and has like a, a rehab specialty kind of study. Um, and what we do is this year we started doing athlete assessments is what we call them. Um, so we work with uh, quite a few athletes locally, um, and to take advantage of kind of this movement screen, I guess, for, for lack of a better term, uh, book a 15 minute session with Ben is his name. Um, and kind of he brings them through these movements, kind of tests test range. Um, and since he's a, a licensed therapist, he can like kind of like palpate and like feel around and see if there's any like physical limitations um, and then make uh, an action. plan. And it doesn't take long. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure you've experienced like, I mean, with myself and weightlifting, you kind of identify a pattern visually and you kind of see the same things recurring and recurring and recurring. Um, so you can kind of like pinpoint um, a restriction kind of quickly, uh, I would think. And, and, you know, so these 15 minutes sessions are, are pretty effective. Um, and then from there, then Ben can kind of give a, uh, an action plan. Um, and, you know, kind of self, I mean, it is self care, you know, they, they, they act, the burden is on the athlete to kind of implement it themselves, um, outside of just that session. Um, and then, yeah. So, uh, as far as that, like he, he does a great job about that stuff. Um, and I, I help where I can, that's not my, my personal specialty. Um, just over the years, like I've learned, like I said, you, you kind of identify common themes and common ailments or whatever. Um, and then you associate that with like a common fix. And if that doesn't work, then Hey, go see Ben. And if Ben does, if that doesn't work with Ben, then we, you know, we have a good relationship with some physical therapy chains here in, in the Tampa area. Um, and I'm like, Hey, do you have health, health insurance? Oh, you do. Okay. Well then go to this place and they'll start billing your insurance and then they'll give you an actual like clinical plan, uh, to implement. And you can go there two times a week, uh, you know, minus the copay. Some people don't even, don't, you know, their insurance covers it completely. Um, so I'm like, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Uh, you know, cause these are, uh, you know, DPTs and ATCs, uh, who are there in a clinic. Uh, with all the appropriate uh, stuff, you know, outside of, you know, platforms and, and weights and stuff like that. Like we're very limited what we can do for that stuff. Um, but we do, we do our best, uh, you know, with, with my assistant coach and, you know, what we've seen over the years and like the equipment that we have. But outside of that, it's like, Hey, we have these partners for a reason. And it's the kind of like local network of, of providers. Uh, you know, if it gets to that point, uh, hopefully it doesn't that, you know, we have the resources to, to kind of the expert resources to kind of push you to that are outside of our realm of, of expertise. So, uh, yeah, we, we definitely pay close attention to that and <laughs> try to keep a good pulse on who's feeling good and who's not. And, you know, if it, you know, kind of nipping it before it gets to the point of, of, uh, you know, basically career ending, if you want to call it that, uh, nuisance. 
Yeah, and that's good that you keep an eye on that. It's good that you have that that network there because it, it is such a, if you can stay on top of those, it decreases your risk of so many other things popping right. up later on. Yeah. And just in life general too. And, and you know, over the, I'm, I'm 36 this year. So like my, my outlook on training has kind of morphed as I got older because I physically can't take the same amount of training as I could when I was, you know, 20 years old or 24, like lifting and just training all the time or like as an athlete in my teens, like you, you could just beat us down and we're recovered basically by the end of our session, you know, it's a, the recovery is almost instantaneous. Um, so yeah, you know, it's like my mentality is like, you know, the technique uh, as far as weightlifting, if you're moving proficiently and effectively, it reduces risk of injury. If you take care of yourself as a whole, like we'll just call it general self-care, um, the longevity increases because I, I want to be doing this. I, I still personally lift and I, I want to be squatting and doing all this stuff well into my 50s, you know. Um, so, I mean, the long game is, is kind of what we look at. And, and, you know, at some point, numbers matter, like if we're talking competitors and stuff like that. Um, but also even with them, it's like, how long can they be competitors? You know, um, how long can we keep them healthy and either maintain or increase their competitive abilities, um, so that they enjoy what they love too. Um, cause you know, it's it, whether you're just doing it recreationally or you're a national competitor or whatever, like, you know, you still gotta be healthy. Um, you still gotta take care of yourself. You still have to put your hands behind your head and sit down into the bottom of a squat either way. So why not prep the same way as, as everyone else? You know, why not take care of your body the same way everyone else does? And, you know, so we, we push that hard and, and try to create the resources to help at every level. Yeah. And I think it's something, I don't know if it's for God necessarily, but as athlete, regardless if it's recreational or competitive, we just get so set in this, like, I need to hit this number or I need to do this workout or I need to do this. And, Forget about, well, you also need to be functioning as a 70 or 80 year old down the road. Right, <laughs> like, right. Don't you need to pick up your grandkids right or for that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, to kind of just cl start closing it out. Sure. Um, just kind of want to go into like, for someone who not necessarily as scared of the barbell, but maybe just scared to go any heavier than what they already are out of their comfort zone. What are some kind of advice you can give them to kind of just not necessarily get over that fear, but just right. kind of start addressing it? Sure. Um, so the, the way I kind of try to frame it is, is the weight on the bar is the result. It's never the focus of what we're doing. Um, and you know, previously it's like, we, we spend a lot of time on the front end, like when we onboard someone totally new into our programs, um, uh, we have what's called a, a weightlifting Academy, uh, which is basically an, an on-ramp kind of like CrossFit calls it. Um, it's a separate program at a separate time, uh, with separate staff that teaches people from the very beginning, uh, you know, how do I hold the barbell? Where do I put my hands in session one? to you know by session six they're actually doing lifts and stuff like that uh, so the technique the movement uh the proficiency is always the utmost priority um and the weight is the result like uh, you know looking around the gym we have people that can clean and jerk over you know 300 something pounds and we have guys you know that can clean and jerk like 60s to 80 pounds you know so it's 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 all relative 
no matter where you're at. And what me as a coach and us as coaches, I don't even see the weight that's on the bar. Like I, I don't even care. Um, that, you know, at some point I do, like when we were talking about competitive numbers and blah, 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 blah. But like training and general, uh, the, the general mindset is like the weight is, is it's relative for one. So your strength isn't the same as someone else's strength um, is, you know, is also different from someone else's. But if you can master the movement, if you can be proficient at what you're doing, that is what uh, is, is, you know, kind of the forefront of our, of our view as coaches. Like that's what impresses us, you know, because it, it's it's when people come in, it's like we've had people that are like, oh, well, I clean and jerk this and that. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. What does it look like? You know, that's, <laughs> that's what's, uh, you know, cause that creates the, the, the attention to detail and the mastery and, you know, the proficiency that is, uh, that keeps us lifting into our fifties, you know? Um, yeah, you can clean and jerk this much now, but let's talk in four years. Um, you know, uh, if you're, if you have some elbow tendonitis and, and, and you're not able to do it anymore. Um, but yeah, first and foremost, master the movement. Uh, spend the time and dedicate the time to, uh, you know, practice and practice perfect because practice doesn't make perfect. It makes, they said practice makes permanent. So the better you can practice, the better your, your proficiency will be long-term. Um, and that's what we look at, at least us, uh, at keep pulling like my coaching staff and all that stuff. That's like, that's what we look at is how proficient are you and how proficient can we make you? That's, that's what matters most. Awesome. If someone wants to reach out to you, how can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our company name is Keep Pulling. Um, we have a website that is keeppulling.com, K-E-E-P-P-U-L-L-I-N-G.com. Um, and it has links to all of our various outlets. Uh, we have quite a few Instagram pages because we, we have multiple locations and we host a number of events throughout the year. Um, and, and all of it is funneled through our website there. Uh, contact information, all that stuff is, is on our website, uh, for all of our coaching staff, all of our event staff, um, our locations, all that stuff. So keep pulling.com. Awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. And that concludes this episode of highly functional. I truly appreciate the time you spend to listen to myself and my colleagues share with you how to become highly functional individuals and how to be highly functional individuals. If you learned great information from this, I would love for you to share it with your friends and help them become highly functioning individuals as well. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.